Eureka by John Thomas, Volume 1, Chapter 1, Section 5, Part 9, His Voice as the Sound of Many Waters. In the tenth verse of this first chapter, John informs us that the first thing that arrested his attention when he came to be in spirit was a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And in the fifteenth verse, he tells us that the great voice was as the sound of many waters. Now, in this book, many waters is defined to be peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Chapter 17, verse 15. This would give us the interpretation that the voice of the Son of Man was the voice of a multitude, and that consequently the similitude was the symbol of a multitude, a multitudinous Son of Man. And this accords with the voice of Daniel's symbol, of which he testifies that the voice of his words was as the voice of a multitude. Chapter 10, verse 6. Ezekiel also in characterising the noise made by the wings of the four cherubim, says, I heard the noise of their wings like the noise of many waters, as the voice of mighty ones, Shaddai, in their goings, the voice of speech as the noise of a camp. In standing they let down their wings. Chapter 1, verse 24. The meaning of this is that Ezekiel heard the voice of a multitude of mighty ones, speaking as the warriors of a camp in motion against an enemy, and that when they were not in progress, their voice was not heard. In standing, they let down their wings, and consequently, there was no sound of war. The wings of the Ezekiel cherubim and the man-like similitudes of Daniel and John, in speaking, sounded forth as the roar of mighty waters. This was when they were in progress, advancing in body and wings their brazen-footed battalions against the fourth beast, or the apocalyptic beast and false prophet, and the kings of the earth and their armies. The former utterly consumed in the furnace, or lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the kings of the earth and their armies slain with the sword of the resurrected and glorified mystic man. The multitude of mighty ones, apocalyptically denominated the Almighty, is that great multitude referred to in chapter 7 verse 9, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. These are the many waters when their work is done. Ezekiel heard the voice of speech, and in uttering their great voice, some of the things they proclaimed are, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory honour and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they exist and were created. Chapter 4, verse 11. And salvation to our deity, 
who sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. Chapter 7, verse 10, and 5, verse 14. John likens the voice to the sound of a trumpet speaking, by which similitude it is connected with Paul's testimony concerning the descent of the Lord himself from heaven with a shout, with a voice of an archangel, and with a trumpet of deity. The apocalypse of the Son of Man is an affair of trumpets. His manifestation is preceded by the sounding of six trumpets, and in the sounding of the seventh and last it is that the saints are raised, and apocalypsed in clouds to meet their Lord the King. The last period of the seventh trumpet is a momentous and terrible epoch in the world's history. It is the sounding of the voice of the Almighty Host that is to make the world to tremble. Alluding to this, Isaiah says, All the inhabitants of the world and dwellers on the earth, when he lifteth up an ensign upon the mountains, tremble. And when he bloweth a trumpet, they shall hear. Chapter 18, verse 3. The prophet tells us that this is to be at the time when Israel shall be brought to Yahweh Tzveoth in Mount Zion as a present to the place of the name of Yahweh Tzveoth, which, as Jeremiah testifies, will at that time be called the throne of Yahweh, chapter 3, verse 17, and Isaiah 24, verse 23. This is the trumpet of Israel's restoration, among other events. This is manifest from Isaiah 27, verses 12 and 13, which says, And it shall come to pass in that day that Yahweh shall beat off from the channel of the river Euphrates unto the stream of Egypt, the Nile, and ye shall be gathered to one another, O ye children of Israel. And it shall be in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come who were ready to perish in the land of Assyria, and the outcasts in the land of Egypt, and shall bow down to Yahweh in the holy mount of Jerusalem. This great trumpet shall be blown, and Zechariah tells us by whom. In chapter 9 verse 14, having told us previously that Zion's sons should be raised up to become a sword upon Greece, it is said, and Yahweh shall be seen over them, and his arrow, the ten tribes, shall go forth as the lightning, and Azonai Yahweh, Yahweh's lords, shall blow the trumpet, and shall go forth with whirlwinds of Teman. Yahweh Tzveoth shall defend them, and they shall devour and disregard the stones of the sling. The trumpet blown is for the calling of the assembly, and for the journeying of the camps. First, for the gathering of the princes, the heads of the thousands of Israel. Then, for the convocation of all Israel. And thirdly, for war against their enemies, the antitype of the memorial of blowing of trumpets, and of the trumpet of the jubilee, on the first and tenth days of the seventh month. Numbers 10. Leviticus 23, verse 24, and 25, verse 9. The sons of deity, his kings and priests, 
shall blow the trumpet, and proclaim, as the roar of many and mighty waters to the inhabitants of the world, that they are the beginning and the ending, the Elohim of all the earth, Isaiah 54 verse 5, the eternal spirit, multitudinously manifest in flesh.